Oh, you know what time it is. Welcome to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I am one of your hosts, Ben, here with Andy. Hello. Thank you guys for listening. So, as usual, let's knock out that housekeeping. Uh, if you want to find all things podcast related, you can find it at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com, where you'll find our Facebook's links, all the places to listen to us, our social media, and anything else we decide to post on there. Once again, rating, sharing the podcast, always appreciated. Been seeing a lot of retweets and likes and love on our tweets, so we definitely notice that and appreciate you guys. And another thing we appreciate is our good friend here with us today. We have our buddy, Josh. What's up, everybody? Josh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, Well, I'm Josh. I've known Ben and Andy for... Well, Ben, I've known you since, like, what, seventh grade? It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Several uh, minutes. <laughs> several. Uh, and I know Andy through Ben. Basically, I I host my own podcast. Uh, it's called the um, That's Fair with Josh and Marcus, where we kind of do similar things to what Ben and Andy do. We just, you know, run down through topics. And I uh, also make YouTube videos. So there's that. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for that. And we will have the links to all of Josh's podcasts and stuff like that in the show notes today, like we usually do. Um, Andy, you been up to anything cool here lately? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. So I think I mentioned all the stuff I bought on Black Friday for my computer last time we talked. Um, but I finally got time to work on it this weekend. And that's been a ton of fun, including one dead CPU. And uh, finally got it all back together, and that's how we're recording tonight. Otherwise, it would have been uh, dicey. So, thankfully, I'm not coming to you from my phone. Uh, I have been watching a ton of wrestling, and besides that, haven't been doing much besides working, and also had a ton of Brazilian meat at Fogo de Chao this weekend. Mm, Fogo de Chao's great. Fancy Brazilian meat. Oh yeah, that fancy, not the not the usual poor man's fifteen dollar Brazilian buffet. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The you, real you deal. It, I went all in it, this weekend. Called it by name this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh, anything that you've been up to that you think the audience might enjoy hearing about? Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, like you said, you guys will have the the sh- like links to the podcast and stuff. But me and uh, Marcus, we are recording a episode. Uh, that we are ranking the Star Wars movies in in preparation for uh, Rise of Skywalker. That's the name of it, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So in preparation of that, we're ranking all the Star Wars movies. Uh, and I'm also I'm about to finish pre-production on a short film. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that sounds like a ton of fun. As long as The Last Jedi is the worst-ranked Star Wars movie, we'll be okay. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yes, finally. I think that's the only guest we've ever brought on who agreed with you. Uh, Well, the only other guest we've had was Austin, and his opinion's very much invalid <laughs> when it comes to Star Wars. Um, <laughs> uh, man, dude, for me, I've just been a... Dude, I've been playing a lot of WoW again. It's it's a problem. Why are you doing this to yourself? Because <laughs> I have a problem, and the only cure is more WoW battles. Playing that, playing a lot of the new Call of Duty with that new battle pass. 
So it's it's been a lot of games when it's not been work for me, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, and not my usual, like, just, oh, maybe I'll play something here, but, like, coming home and enjoy playing games, not just playing because bored. Hey, hey. Madden yeah. is enjoyable. That's the only well, I'm waiting on you to fucking move it, so... That's true, and we speak about gaming. We're speaking about today, Ben. I'm going to let you introduce the topic. As we mentioned last week, we are going to talk about 1994 movies today. And we'll allow you to paint this picture here. Yeah, since we were talking picture. since we were talking about Madden just a moment ago. In 1994, the Cowboys beat the Buffalo Bills for that uh Super Bowl. Back <clears> was that their third boys. one? That was the second time in a row that the boys beat the Bills and it was the only time that in consecutive years, the same teams went to the Super Bowl besides in our Madden franchises. <laughs> yeah, it happens quite a bit so, there. Pretty um, interesting there. There was a baseball strike in 1994, so the Which Florida fucking no Marlins. The Florida fucking Marlins couldn't win the World Series, Andy. No, they could not. Not that year. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just going to beat you the punch on that one. You did. Um, the Rockets won the NBA title. And the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. But if you're not a sports fan, you, you guys. Were... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, do you guys. Um, have you guys seen like the 30 for 30s? On which one? Oh, well, I was going to say it, it's really interesting. The Rangers won the, um, the Stanley Cup. The day that they're having their parade was also game four of the NBA Finals, I believe. It was uh-huh. also the same day that Arnold Palmer played his last game of professional golf and the same day as the O.J. Simpson White Bronco chase, which Ooh, is that's interesting. That was a busy day, yeah, day right. and I completely forgot OJ's Bronco Chase was in 94. No, yeah, that would have been a notable thing. Setting the here. scene for 1994. Yeah. <laughs> so set the scene, there's a white Bronco. <laughs> and while that white Bronco was cruising around, you were probably listening to Boys to Men in some mm. way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, because they. Or- they dominated the chart in '94, but the number one movie or the number one song of the year was given to Ace of Base with Signs, mm. which this may be the only time Ace of Base is ever mentioned on this podcast. Probably, <laughs> and you probably had that music just cranked while you were playing Donkey Kong Country, Warcraft, or Need for Speed. Yes, were all released in 1994. Yes, and it's also the year that Blizzard became Blizzard. Oh, nice. They changed their name from Silicone and Synapsis to Blizzard. Good call. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And you were probably on that Seinfeld kick or ER or watching Home Improvement. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> wow. But let's get to one we're really. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. And that's the movie to 94. <laughs> uh, so as we usually Tim do. Grunt. Say that again. You nailed that Tim Allen grunt. I, I tried to. It was not very great. But I appreciate I appreciate the compliment. Um, we'll start with the award of winners, and of course, as we always, we start with the movies that won the least awards and work our way up. And winning for uh, best cinematography was Legends of the Fall. I yes. had no idea what to think about this movie. Yeah, I got nothing on this one, Josh. Uh, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> the cinematography is really good on it. I mean, honestly, it. Should not have beat, uh, well, I don't want to foreshadow anything, but it should not have beat uh, a pick that I will talk about later. 
right. yeah that that was kind of my problem when I saw this award and then kind of saw the movie I was like I feel like there was a lot of movies in 94 that were shot better yeah yeah it I mean it's it's fine it's serviceable but right you know, nothing um, special winning a best supporting actress which I also didn't agree with this pick was bullets over Broadway that was uh, Jennifer uh, Tilly correct uh, it was not Jennifer Tilly. I believe this was, for some reason, I'm wanting to say uh, Diane Keaton. Oh, that might be right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wanting to say that. She. Man, that's weird. So, n- best supporting actress. Diane no, it was West. it was Jennifer Tilly, actually. No. Or no, sorry, she was nominated. <laughs> that's my bad. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, yeah. Diane West and Bullets Over Broadway. Yeah, that's what it was. Good old Woody Allen movie. Yeah, I'll say this is another one. I admit I have not seen. Uh, you don't have to. It's not very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woody Allen is very hit or miss. That guy legitimately only makes. Well, I mean, he makes like a movie every year or whatever, but. In a horrible life. Yeah. Oh, God. Don't even horrible. get into that. Glossing over and moving Glossing on. Glossing right over. <laughs> Best actress went to Jessica Lane in Blue Sky, which I can agree with this because Jessica Lane's a phenomenal act- actress. Yeah, she's fantastic, mm-hmm. and that is a pretty solid movie from what I remember. Yeah, not anything I'm going to like write home about. No. It's funny to see how much love Jessica Lane gets now for like American Horror Story and stuff like that. But I mean, she's been killing the game for, for a time. long time. For a long time. Since day one ish. Day one ish, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was her first movie? Wasn't it uh, like that King Kong remake with uh, Jeff Bridges? I don't know. Bridges? But, but it wasn't in 1994, so it doesn't Yeah, that's true. Right that's now. fair. <laughs> yeah, her. First movie, I think, wasn't that one, but okay. I will, uh, we'll, we'll get back to that at some point. One day. Now, let's get to the movies we actually care about. Yeah. And it's funny that it broke down this. And in our favorite category that we love to make fun of. Yes! Best screenplay written directly for screen. Mm. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Whew. How many times have you probably watched this movie? And I'm asking this so, to both of you. So many goddamn yeah. times. I, I, I accident- probably can't count how many. I also have it accidentally for some reason twice on Laserdisc. <laughs> I don't think that was a bad call. Good call. <laughs> I I bought it at some point, forgot I had bought it, then bought a bunch of Laserdiscs from another guy, and then I was putting them all together and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I also have two copies of Batman, so... Uh, like 89 Batman? Yeah, 89 Batman. Ah, uh, nice, nice. Yeah. 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 But Pulp Fiction, just... God, such a solid movie. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. It, it was very... up against uh, another movie that I'll talk about later, but yeah. there's no way in my mind that this movie wasn't the best screenplay. Like, so good. Written directly for screen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Written directly for screen. Written directly for screen. Because that I is mean, the worst category name ever, but this yeah. made perfect sense. It is, it is. And I, no. mean, I don't think you could compete 
you know, with the cast that you had on this movie too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That screenplay. So you got John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Ving Rhames, and Uma Thurman. Yes. That's Don't forget Bruce a... Willis. Did you say Bruce Willis? Yeah, yeah, I said Bruce Willis in there. Did you say Christopher Walken? No, I did not. Oh, uh, yeah. not considered starring, but yeah, he is in that movie as well. He's got that really great monologue about shoving a watch up of his ass. His dad uh, shoving a watch up his ass. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. It's his yeah, grandfather's yeah. watch. <laughs> Dude, so, so like, there's so many pieces in this movie, and, and like just the way the screenplay was written. There's so much going on, but as long as you're paying attention, you see where it ties together. Yeah. And that, to me, I love I love Tarantino's style of writing movie because of that. Because he really forces you to pay attention, and he may not have your traditional beginning, middle, and end structure to his movies, but they yeah. all come together. Yeah. Anyway, and he himself was also in the movie. Yep. He was. Yep. yep, and he has quite a few lines that we cannot repeat on this podcast. No, quite a few lines we can't repeat. <laughs> One of my favorite ever like uh, redubs of a scene from SpongeBob is done with that moment. And if you oh haven't my seen God. it, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you might have to send that to me later. Um, <laughs> I will. But yeah, Pulp Fiction, anything else we want to say here before we move on? I, I just want to mention the diner scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When they're That's trying incredible. to rob the diner. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson's like, "You've caught me in a little bit of a predicament here. I'm, having, I'm at a crossroads." Whereas earlier we have seen Samuel Jackson ask some people, and he's Super like, hard. "Yeah, can you hand me my wallet? It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it." <laughs> so Samuel Jackson was amazing in this movie, oh, and yeah. uh, if yes. you ever want to deep dive into the weeds, and maybe we'll do it on a podcast one day, we'll talk about the Tarantino connected universe. Oh boy! Mm. Moving on, our next movie that won the award for best supporting actor it was Martin Landau, mm-hmm. and best makeup was Ed Wood. Yeah, Which... this this is a really 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 great movie for anyone who's like a frustrated filmmaker like I am like uh, it's it's so good there's so many really fun quotable lines in it like uh just I don't know man and Martin Landau speaking I mean we we broke it down by you know the award given Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi is just perfect it so, I'm going to be real honest, I've avoided this movie like the plague because it's another Johnny Depp movie that my wife won't want me to watch if she doesn't know. I was about to say, Ben, if you haven't it. seen this movie, I'm guessing you're just depriving your wife of another Johnny Depp movie. Well, honestly, it's going to be she has to listen to this podcast to understand that I haven't watched the movie. And okay. and then once she says, hey, so you haven't watched Edward, I'll be like, yep, and how do you know that? Oh, because you listen to my podcast. Mm, there you go, there you go. That's so, see, I'm going to trick her. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the best way to do it. <laughs> oh, and Andy's favorite category, I think this movie falls into, because you always have this weird audiophile obsession. Yes, a movie uh, featuring, also a movie featuring Keanu Reeves. In, indeed. And Sandra Bullock. Yeah, so best sound uh, editing, best sound effects editing, and best sound, because those are two separate categories. 
they, they are. are. One is for and car crash sounds, and one is for just sound. It's true, and Speed does have fantastic sound. I watched it on Laserdisc. Uh, one of the few times I've probably sat through the whole movie and haven't just like caught it on TV or something. And God, I love Keanu Reeves so much. Uh, yeah, I love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie also, if you haven't seen it, it's a classic. So go watch it's it. It's really good. But there's no reason there should have been a second one made. <laughs> no, oh, no. With Sandra Speed Bullock. true cruise control should have yeah. never been made and yeah. doesn't it even take place on like a boat like it's it takes place even... on a boat <laughs> yep. but the issue being is i don't think the people that watch speed watched it for sandra bullock no not at all <laughs> so people that wrote the sequel missed a huge keanu shaped hole yeah, and why people enjoyed the movie we're talking about early keanu in 94 and by the way i just saw an article mentioning that it has been announced that both The Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 will be getting released on the exact same day on May 21st, 2020. Oh, wow. Looks like a double feature is in order. That right? is exactly what's in order, and I cannot be more excited. I literally saw this pop up on my phone just minutes before we got to speed, and I was so anxious. <laughs> um, I think there is no doubt the cultural significance of this next movie oh, God, uh, yeah. winning best original score and best original song because Akuna Matata, it's a wonderful phrase. It is a wonderful phrase. Yeah. The Lion King wins both of these awards. And Which... I mean, did you have any doubt that a Disney movie with an original song was going to come out and not win this award? Oh, exactly. No, they kill it every time. This is probably the movie, the first movie I remember going to see in the theater. It's um, my first movie in theaters, for sure. Yeah. I think it's a lot of people's first movies like around our age range is Lion King. There are so many pictures of me as a child in Lion King shirts. I wore out the VHS <laughs> tape. Mm-hmm. This movie is just an all-time top for me. I agree. There, yeah. I haven't seen the remake. I don't know if any of us have sitting here today. I am protesting because I have not liked any of the live-action Disney remakes except for The Jungle Book. And I just... I'm, I'm protesting. It did not. <laughs> yep. Nope. Didn't. Doesn't count. <laughs> but no, no. Also the the original out. Jungle Book. Oh, came did. Out. Oh, yeah. yeah the no. original live action version came out. In oh, oh okay. I don't know if that's the one he's talking about or not. Right. 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 Oh. Oh shit! I forgot no, about that. You forgot about that one. Yeah. That really <laughs> terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the only terrible. I'm movie not gonna lie. I really like before, Beauty but... and the Beast, but we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. We can we can talk about that later. But yeah. I think this next one, I'm gonna sit back. I'm going to let my boy Ben here go go ham. Go ham. All right. To me, this is like the third greatest film of all time behind Jurassic Park and Titanic. Winning Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Screenplay Adapted from a Previous One, the Best Film Editing, and the Best Visual Effects in a Movie is Forrest Motherfucking Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get bangers when Robert Zemeckis is directing a movie. That's exactly what happened here. Tom Hanks killed it as the simple man Forrest Gump. All fair, he, what, Tom what Hanks is? always kills it. I mean, that yes. too. And you just, put, you just put them side by side, and it was amazing. 
yeah. I'm a huge fan of anything that's pseudo historical. Um, mm -hmm. And it was such an awesome way watching this movie showing the American, like kind of a, a cut of the Am American lifestyle going all the way back from like towards the tail end of segregation uh, or desegregation uh, into the Vietnam War, the post-Vietnam uh, kind of play, and just seeing Forrest, who, while he may not be the smartest man, he's not a complete idiot. He's naive, but he's not dumb, and you're really seeing this through like a black-and-white sort of view through his eyes as he moves through these events in history. And I love that. And if you don't like Forrest Gump, I will fight you, and you will lose. But I love this movie. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. It probably me and Marcus talked about this on our uh, Oscar podcast where we went through like from ninety one to two thousand five or something like that, and we broke down this year specifically really in depth. And I don't think it's the best movie from this year. Um, we'll get to that later. But I didn't say it was, I, did, I said it was the best movie after Jurassic Park and Titanic. No, so I, I, you're already invalidating your opinion to me. But well, what I was going to say is, there's no doubt the significance of this movie in like the cultural lexicon. Like, there's, it's still brought up today. You know what I mean? Like, there are movies that came out five years ago that no one remembers. There's a whole it, chain of Bubba Gum Shrimp restaurants. Yeah, exactly. So, the cultural significance of this movie is incredible, and it's really watchable. Like, really, really, infinitely watchable. Yeah, and I think anytime you watch it, you're going to find something new that you may not have caught before. Like, it never occurred to me, you know, the the first time watching it, that Jenny's basically the, one of the subject zeros for the HIV crisis. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really hit you till you're older and you understand that was the oh, time yeah. frame. That was one of the things that didn't hit me until I rewatched right. it as well. Or he invested in a fruit company. He invested in Apple. <laughs> Which is why he so ain't got to worry about money no more. So good. Oh, Lord. So just like little things like that, that uh, he's the one that bust open Watergate. You know, just little things like that, that you didn't catch quite what was going on the first couple times you watch it and you pick up on it as you go. So again, like you said, it's one of those movies that are, I think will remain culturally relevant for as long as film is a medium. I agree. Because there's something something everybody can find in that movie to latch on. Oh, oh yeah, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. So we've talked so, about some of the best of 94. Let's talk about the worst of 94. My favorite award category, and that is the Razzies. Yeah, this is always where the train wreck happens. God, I love this so much. So, and I am, Josh, I'm ready to hear you on this because you are very opinionated on bad movies. Yes. And I'm pretty sure you've seen some of these. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've definitely seen, I've seen several of these. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start with Worst Picture. Yes. And that because... is Color of Night. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen this, but I have seen North that it yeah, was up against. Right. And this North is awful. 
Like, yeah. uh, there's, well, it's almost as bad as the room, except the room is actually trying to do something. I don't know what the hell North is trying to do. <laughs> Move? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah exactly. So there was one thing that I found really funny when we were looking at these Razzies Awards, and I feel like it's his job to be on this list. He oh, didn't yeah. win this time, but yeah. Kevin Costner was nominated. <laughs> No, Kevin Costner, he also wins Worst Actor. As yeah, Wyatt he Herb. won. Yeah. Oh, he didn't win yeah. Worst Picture, so he just won Worst Actor. He won Worst Actor in Wyatt Earp. He's also nominated in a few other categories that we'll get to as well. But did you see Wyatt Earp, Josh? Uh, yeah, I don't like that movie at That's all. That's a bad movie. It's a very bad movie. It's a real bad movie. I just, I just have a really strong belief that if you see Kevin Costner in the movie, it's probably going to be a bad movie. Yep. That's not always true but yeah that's that's mostly true <laughs> i'm just saying the odd is in your favor yes oh yeah for sure yeah he doesn't what, have dances the best with wolves was good mm-hmm. yeah. just long as fuck yep but but at, like post water world it's all downhill mm. Don't even you may could say it started world. here with wyatt or oh yeah probably because you had this and then you had what the postman Oh God, the postman's so bad. <laughs> and then the following so... you had Waterworld. Oh, oh my God, Lord. this guy. Yeah. Just no love. <laughs> um, poor Kevin Costner. Poor Kevin Costner. Also, uh, this list for worst actor was Bruce Willis, which same year as a uh, as Pulp Fiction, he's getting a nomination for worst actor in Color yep. of Night, which uh, nobody saw. Right. Nope. But uh, moving on to Worst Actress, we got Sharon Stone, and it's always my favorite when they're in two different movies. Yeah. <laughs> so Sharon Stone in both Intersection and The Specialist. Go figure. Uh, yeah. Which, The Specialist is fantastic. Fuck everybody. <laughs> I think The Specialist is one of those so bad it's good movies. Oh, yeah, exactly. It has Sylvester Stallone in it. It so has of Sylvester Stallone. It's so bad, it's so good. <laughs> it's definitely hangover movie territory. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, God, I just, I love that movie. I don't think I've ever seen Intersection, but The no, Specialist, no. yeah, so bad it's good. I actually really enjoy that movie. Yep. Well, I didn't think we were going to get this tie in so fast. Worst supporting actor was OJ Simpson, uh. Naked Gun, <laughs> 33 and a third. The final insult. He was nominated and won this award while he was on trial for murder. <laughs> I love that. That was so good. <laughs> to bring it back around. Holy yep. Lord. Yep. So 94 Plain. was not OJ's year. No, not at all. Playing Detective <sighs> Nordberg in, yeah, in a very forgettable Naked Gun entry. Mm. So there's, there's, one, uh, there's one actor on this list uh, that was nominated, William Shatner. In Star Trek Generations is James T. Kirk. Was he yeah, really that, that bad in Generations, yeah, it's Andy? William Shatner's not a good actor ever. So, yeah, he's he's not great. I love Star Trek Generations, but I love Star Trek, but I'm definitely not watching it for William Shatner's performance. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. So, totally agree there. Boy, did Rosie O'Donnell outdo herself in 94. She had a year. God, she, she had, had a, a year. year. The worst supporting actress was Rosie O'Donnell in Car 54, Where Are You, Exit to Eden, and The Flintstones. Oh, my Lord. Which The Holy Flintstones, hell. like Jurassic Park 3, was another movie that the universe tried to stop me from seeing, Ben. <laughs> so remember my story, Ben, about 
being in the movie theater for Jurassic Park 3 during like a tropical storm and the power getting lost. Right. Literally, same thing happened with the Flintstones. And I still went back and watched it, was still disappointed. Yeah. I'll be <laughs> honest. John Goodman in the Flintstones is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, the Flintstones has some minor redeeming qualities. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell is not one of them. No. <sighs> is I'm she ever sure. redeeming quality in anything? A uh, League of Her Own. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to shit on Rosie O'Donnell just to shit on Rosie O'Donnell. She did some things that were kind of yeah. funny. No, she did but... She did have her good movies. This yeah. was not who, who played Barney in Flintstones? Oh, uh, Rick Moranis. Okay. Oh, man. This explains why Rick Moranis quit making movies. <laughs> um, but they were just awful. The pairing of them was awful. Yeah. As Barney and Betty. Um. Moving on. Speaking of bad parents. Bad parents. I don't agree with the first one, man. I don't either. Worst, yeah, me worst, worst screen, screen couple. couple. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, yeah, we got Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in Interview with the Vampire. That's wrong. That's, yeah, I totally agree with you. They're wrong. Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone in The Specialist. I can agree there. My favorite always is some of the way they word worst screen couple. And it <laughs> almost always Kevin Costner one. <laughs> Are you talking about this one? Any combination of two people from the entire cast in the cover of Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, as well as Kevin Costner's and, in quotes, any of his three wives. Fantastic. <laughs> I love the way they word these. They did the same thing with Battleship Earth, and it mm. cracks me up every time the way they word these worst screen couples. Um, there was also a very unfortunate one for Freddy Got Fingered. Just go look it up. Yeah, we've covered that one before. (laughs) So, moving on past worst screen couple. Unless, actually, real quick, why don't you agree with the Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and interview with the vampire? I thought they did great on screen together. Yeah, I I love that movie in general. So it's it's a very underrated movie. It is. Um, and honestly, it's funny. I think about it, dude. Could you imagine if like Interview with the Vampire had released? In the time frame of like Twilight and when all that shit was big. Oh man, yeah. Because it was like Twilight before Twilight. It really was like it was doing something quite different um, with that whole franchise, and I, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I think the movie gets a lot of shit, but uh, you know, while they also had a Razzie, they also had uh, Kirsten Dunst getting nominated for a Golden Globe for this movie yeah. as well. So you know, it has it had its uh, lovers. Very young Kirsten Dunst. Very young. Worst director, which I'm surprised he was even considered director of this movie, (laughs) Steven Seagal on Deadly Ground. Which, if you didn't know, he uh, also starred in this movie. Yeah. Co-starring Michael Caine. John Chin. John C. McGinley and R. Lee Ermey. See, if I read that, I would be like, that's got to be a pretty solid movie. And then I saw who directed it, and I'm like... It's probably awful. It is to date Seagal's only directorial effort. One and done. Rightfully so. Yeah, let's pray to so, God it yeah, stays that way. Not much to say there. The next one cracks me up in the way that they do this one, because when they do worse screenplay, they will name almost everybody who wrote on the movie. So the Flintstones 
followed by like 30 31 people that wrote <laughs> they even included people that wrote the drafts of the movie yep. that's hilarious as many people as were ever involved with this movie were shamed because horrible screenplay oh another one i forgot worst new star movie yeah worst new star anna nicole smith in naked gun 33 and a half so yeah also nominated Um, nominated in this category was jim carrey for ace ventura pet detective dumb and dumber and the mask because he was in four movies this year yeah it's ridiculous you mean three yeah, yeah, three. He Sorry. doesn't know how to count. It's okay. I don't know how to count. No. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give them an okay. The only one I agree with them saying worst new star is probably the mask. Uh, I also don't agree with the other nominee in here saying Shaquille O'Neal in Blue Chips <laughs> as Neon Bordeaux. <laughs> Fuck you, Razzie Commission. Uh, or Chris Elliott. Cabin Boy is a weird, funny movie. I like Chris Elliott in that. So, uh, you just can't come at Shaq in Andy's presence. You don't come at Shaq, (laughs) all right? Always gonna back him up. Uh, Worst original song Marry the Mole from the Thumbelina animated movie, and it was by Barry Manilow. Interesting. Have any of you gone back and watched Thumbelina again when you were older at any point? No, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that movie is horrible. It's horrible. Everything about it's horrible. The music is horrible. I'm pretty sure I remember this song. The message in that movie is not great. Just fuck. Uh, that Why sucks. did this movie get made? Because 1994. Yeah. But that's true. Speaking I like of Don really bad things in 1994, we get to our final category here: mm. worst remake or sequel. Kevin Costner pulling in another uh, award. <laughs> Wyatt Earp. Good old Wyatt Earp. Dude, I'm just saying. Fucking Kevin Costner, man. He won't stop, though. He doesn't let this slow him down or discourage Dude, him. He, he does not. He just keeps on pounding. Exactly. He He's just not. keeps on pounding. He's not slowing down. Alright, so now we get to the part of the night that we all enjoy the most, and that is our personal choices. And Andy, you've listed a few here, so I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about those while I pull up our guest list, not our guest list, as in Josh, but the fan choices that we got to see how many of these overlapped. Yeah, I think some of these will. So we talked about Lion King and Pulp Fiction, but they're kind of like my top in this year but then my other ones are just way more embarrassing because 94 for me is the year of movies that have become for me they're either hangover or like serious guilty pleasures but i have zero shame in enjoying these movies so lion king and pulp fiction i can feel a little bit better about those choices but the mask has been and always will be one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. i love that movie i love jim carrey in the worst way and i it it's a problem the mask is great. I have it on Laserdisc, and I love it. And just, it's a fun movie all around. I know it's not loved wide, so <laughs> I, I expected that groan from Josh there. Uh, another one that I love, and I think this is truly a good movie, is Pagemaster. Yes. Pagemaster is fantastic. 
Yes, um, it really is. I don't care if the Razzies wanted to put Macaulay Culkin on nomination for worst actor. No, this movie's fantastic, and a majority of this movie is animated, and I love it. The way they blended the library with the animated world and the adventure he goes on, and also having uh, Patrick Stewart uh, be a voice in this movie. Mm. Ah, so much nostalgia, and I rewatch this movie probably yearly. Yeah, it, it's God. There's so many really great moments in the movie oh, yeah. too. Like I love the the first time that uh you meet the the little like Doctor Jekyll book. I think it is. Oh yeah, yeah where he's Jekyll got like the messed book. up face. I yeah. I love that scene in particular. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh love that movie. Kind of always been a favorite. One of those ones I definitely wore out the VHS tape on. Um, and then just. A movie that I still like will quote and just think about, and if it's on a TV, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna watch it all, no matter where it's uh, started at. Is the original Dumb and Dumber? One of the greatest comedies ever made. God, I love that movie so much. It's so funny. It is such a good <laughs> birdie. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Me and me and the guys at my last job were just like we constantly would quote it. Like we got into this just rhythm where. It just became a regular quotable movie, and uh, there's really no reason. It's from 1994, and it's pretty ridiculous and dumb, but, God, an impact for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's my shameful list of movies. I'll let Josh go on. I honestly don't think those are all that shameful. Uh, I mean, with the exception of the mask. Yeah. Yeah, there's (laughs) There's one shame in there. That's fair. Uh, so I, I went ahead and I figured that I would go, um, and pick movies that weren't on anybody else's list just because I knew that we would talk about those movies. Um, and my first pick is the Shawshank Redemption, which for my money is the best movie of 1994 and arguably the best movie of the nineties. Have you been watching Castle Rock? Yes. I I really enjoy Castle Rock. Um, I knew you would, but good. I was making sure because I was like, I've been watching Castle Rock and yeah. I love it, so I figured that's something you would enjoy. Yeah, uh, it, this this new season's actually really good. But yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah I, there's so much that could be said about Shawshank, but I mean, I'll I'll really leave it at this. It's masterfully shot. It's masterfully acted. It's got one of the best screenplays of all time. I mean, it's a truly magnificent movie. And if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. Uh, then my next one is four weddings and a funeral. Um, which I'm not a, I'm not a gigantic fan of romantic comedies. Um, I don't think that they're a particularly good genre. Uh, there are some that stick out, but whatever. Um, four weddings and a funeral is Definitely my favorite romantic comedy of the 90s, without a doubt. And it's also, uh, what's his name? Hugh Grant's first movie. So it kind of launched him into like star status. It's super funny, super heartfelt. Uh, had one of the first like uh, gay couples in a major motion picture, which is, you know, cool. And I, it's, I don't know, it's really, really great. Um, 94 and nobody cared. 
Yeah, right. Dude, there uh there's one scene in particular that always gets me and it's the scene where they're um they're at the wedding and Rowan Atkinson's doing the the whole ceremony thing and he keeps flubbing all of his words and then he says uh the the sanct what does he say? It's something about the sanctimony of marriage and he he messes up sanctimony. It's so like it makes me laugh every fucking time. Um Mr. Bean's not supposed to talk. <laughs> right. Um, and the last one I've got is New Nightmare, which is, no. yes. New Nightmare, is that the one where Freddy is a real entity? Yes, yes. Okay. New Nightmare is kind of, it's weird because it's kind of the precursor to Scream, where it it's a horror movie that knows it's a horror movie, if that makes sense. Uh, like, there's this real weird meta quality to it, and... It, for for my money, it's the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie that's not a Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it's just Excuse superb. Dream Warriors. Yeah, I know Dream Warriors <laughs> wants to have a word with me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's super weird and, uh, like, really, really well shot and has these awesome little takes on moments from the first movie. Like, uh, the very first kill in the first movie is also technically the first kill in new nightmare once Freddy's like real or whatever. And you can really kind of see what Wes Craven was going for back in 1984, you know, 10 years later. Um, and it's, it still holds up, man. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It's just really, really good. I really enjoy that movie a lot. I have watched this one in the past year. So, it is pretty fresh to me. It's not bad, but Freddy, me and Freddy have a very love-hate relationship that falls mostly on hate. Rightfully yeah, I was so. About to say you don't have a you don't have a great history with this. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh yeah, I have told this on the podcast. Yeah, you have. Right. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and let you know that my list is complete garbage movies that I enjoy watching. Um. This is one that I always remember. Uh, I don't know if you guys do uh, Baby's Day Out. I don't remember that at all. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember this. Movie. So Baby's Day Out is basically there is a very rich family who their kid gets kidnapped in New York. But the kid, even though he's a small child, is outsmarting the kidnappers. So think like Home Alone, but much younger. Okay. I was about to say this sounds Home alone yeah, it's Home Alone, but younger. Okay. And the baby is in New York, and he has a favorite book that's read to him, and it's about a, a day in New York. So all of a sudden, the baby's seeing things from the book and, like, trying to do these things. And it's like he's narrowly avoiding disaster as he's doing these things. So, like, when I was, a, when I was younger, it was like, oh, that would be so cool, blah, blah, blah. But as an older person, somebody who's thinking about having children, I can't watch this movie without Ringing now. <laughs> because I think that probably would go for most of these uh, 90s uh, baby movies that occurred. Yeah, but <laughs> it was one that I really enjoyed when I was younger. Um, another one that I could still watch and have fun watching is Richie Rich with Macaulay Culkin. Oh, boy. Because, dude, if I could have any house in the world, I want Richie Rich's house. Oh, God, so good. Because dude has everything. Yeah. And he had Claudia Schaeffer as his personal trainer. <laughs> he had a roller coaster, race cars, his own baseball field. 
his own fucking Mount Richmore in the backyard. <laughs> Can't forget Lord. about Mount Richmore. Um, so it was just one of those where it's it's. I think this is, I, I think this is one of Child Macaulay Culkin's best movies because he does such a good job of like knowing he's rich and has a lot of nice things, but also not being a jerk in the movie. Like you never get the the sense in the movie that he's a jerk just because he has money. Yeah. But everyone treats him like he's a jerk because they feel like he should be a jerk. So that was one of those. Um, another one that uh, is a classic to me is we get the coked up John Claude Van Damme oh, in Lord. Street Fighter. God. God, I didn't realize he did Street Fighter and Time Cop in the same year. Yeah, he did a lot of things in the same year. But Jesus Christ, Street Fighter is a movie based on a game that spawned <laughs> a game that was based off a movie based on a game. And oh, somehow no. they were all awful. Fucking <laughs> the movie was terrible, but it's one of those that it's so bad you can't look away when you're watching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. Definitely. And the game was just so bad, it was so bad. There's no redeeming <laughs> qualities. Which, 1994 is also the same year that Street Fighter 2 Turbo Arcade came out. So it's kind of weird that you had the amazing Street Fighter 2 come out, but you also had the shitty Street Fighter game come out, too, at the same time. Um, another one, Little Rascals. Oh, yes, Little Rascals. It's a very classic, and the one line that cracks me up all the time, somebody call 911. 911, <laughs> I don't know the number. <laughs> and every time I watch that movie, that scene happens, and I lose it. Um so there were a couple of movies that we didn't mention that I want to bring up that came out in 94. Sure. Uh, one, our listener Zach pointed out that Tim Claus's Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Tim Allen's Santa really Claus 94? came out in 94. It was wow. 94. And I was thinking about that movie the other day. Like, I, I don't know why, but I just randomly was like, yeah, that was the thing that happened. Yep. So that came out, which was, uh, I mean, it's still a pretty solid Christmas movie when you think That's about where, like, it. It's like he turns into Santa, right? Like, yes, yeah. it is. His stomach expands and he starts yep. growing the beard. Yeah, I don't know why that scene just like popped in my head the other day. Yeah. That's so that weird, Andy. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> we also had Angels in the Outfield come out in 94. Mm, yes. Oh, solid. Nothing that was a VHS that I wore out. I loved that movie growing yeah. up. Woody Harrelson was in Natural Born Killers in 94. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. We also have Blank Check. Oh, Lord. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just say the million dollars in Blank Check would not go as far as they say a million dollars. No. Not at all. Um, Clerks, another cult classic, also yeah, released definitely. in 1994. Uh, dude, this is one that I forgot to put on my list, and I really should have. Mm-hmm. It gave us the greatest play in football history, the annexation of Puerto Rico, the Little Giants. Oh my god! I totally forgot. So I, like, I know we shit on Rick's movies. We did. I know we shit on Rick Moranis earlier for Flintstones. Right. But then he also made the Little Giants, so it's okay. Yeah. Also, the same year you had Mighty Ducks D two. Ah yes, D two. You did have D2 come out. A solid entry in the franchise. You also had, I don't know if you guys remember the Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas kick back. Oh, Oh, yeah. So, there was a lot of child 
child movies we don't see that were released. No, you don't because they know the money is with the parents unless it's frozen. The yeah. next Karate Kid came out, which that's one that the less that can be said about it. Right. Yeah. The better. Yeah. Um, the Cowboy movie, Eight Seconds, came out. Oh, with Luke Perry. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting one, and then one that kind of has a sad story behind it, but I think is still a fairly good movie. Uh, The Crow came out. Oh uh, yes, that's a great um, movie. Oh, it's such a solid movie. Such a solid movie. It's such a tragic event to have happen yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Lee not getting to make more movies. Yeah. Um, and that also influenced one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Sting, to mm-hmm. uh, reinvent his character. So I don't think the uh, cultural significance of The Crow will ever truly be understood because I feel like with them not being able to carry more with Brandon Lee, it became more of everybody relating, oh, The Crow's the reason Sting paints his face that way. And mm-hmm. that's kind right. of what carried it. Yeah, that's that's true, but... Definitely a fantastic movie. Um, it was really cool the way they were able to wrap that up and finish that movie after that accident. It's like the original Paul Wall. It did, yeah, kind of. God, just don't <laughs> mention Fast and Furious. Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, if you're going to mention the Florida Marlins every know, fucking time we do a podcast. Fast and Furious, I'm still, I still haven't been able to watch Hobbs and Shaw after all the Fast and Furious we subjected ourselves to. We we watched way too much, way too soon. Too, way too short of a time period. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, there's other great movies that came out in 94. Um, yes. I mean, the list goes on, but like like we said, these were the ones that really hit us and the ones that, I mean, even today I'll throw the crow on or I swear to you, I'll probably watch Forrest Gump once a month. It's just something that happens. So... Are there any other things you have to add to any of this that we've talked about? Mm-hmm. Anything deeper that we wanted to go in on on any of the movies? I don't think I have anything. No, I think I think I'm good. We've covered the ones I was good on. Anything for you, Ben? No, I mean, I, like I said, dude, I could talk. I could do a whole podcast on Forrest Gump. I'm but sure I'm not you can't. So, I'm so not with how much you love guys. Forrest Gump. <laughs> We did talk about a lot of movies tonight. Is there any movie that we talked about that you haven't seen that you maybe are going to go and check out after uh, us talking about them this time? Um, honestly, I'll probably check out four uh, four weddings and a funeral. Yeah, that's a solid one. I'll probably check that one out because it's not one that I've seen, and just because as soon as my wife hears that I haven't seen Ed Wood, I'll probably end up having to watch that one. I was about to say, I probably will be watching Ed Wood because I love me some early 90s Johnny Depp. So, Have you talked to my wife then? (laughs) (laughs) But Josh, even though you've seen everything, is there anything anything here we talked about that you haven't seen that you might go check Uh, out? I'm I'm trying to think. I think I've seen most of everything. Um, What was the first movie that you brought up in about the babies? Babies Day Out. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that, so maybe I'll go check that out. Highly recommend, but just know if you have any paternal instinct, you will cringe the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'll probably do that anyway. Yeah, it's 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 a little rough. But it's also really adorable. So, man, it's, it's Catch-22. 
Oh, well, guys, I think that is a wrap for 1994 movies. Josh, thank you for coming and talking with us tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, where can the people find you on their socials? Uh, on your socials for you said it was Culture Bop, right? Uh, yeah. The if you guys go to the YouTube uh page, it's um Culture Bop. Just search for that. Uh, I've got several videos up. I'm working on a Stranger Things video right now that uh, I'm I'm probably just going to break out into parts because the the whole big thing together is just taking way too long. Um, but you can also follow me over on Twitter at the Bebop Man One Eight Two. I've actually been a little bit more active over there recently, so that's cool. Um, and then go to your podcast service and check out That's Fair with Josh and Marcus. Uh, like I said, a similar show to what you guys do here. I did. I've enjoyed quite a few episodes that you've posted, and we will have all of those in the show notes, as we mentioned earlier. Andy, anything you want to tell our audience before we head out? Nope. Just appreciating all the love and sharing the cast. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Indeed, and for those fans of our pay-per-view PowerPoint episodes, I do know that TLC will be happening um, when we release this. It will be today, and you already have noticed that we did not release a pay-per-view PowerPoints episode this week. The schedules did not line up for us to release it, and we're really having to look at reevaluating how we do those episodes since WWE now... Uh, tape Smackdown on Fridays. It makes it really hard for us to record the episode Friday and get it edited Saturday to get out to you on Saturday so it's relevant. So look in the future. Keep an eye on our socials. We will let you guys know what we decide to come up with in order to work around that. But other than that, guys, thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and share. And we will see you guys next week with another episode of Too Young to Be This Old.